Hello, heathens. I'm Megan Angus, and this is Spinning the Wheel Podcast. In this weekly audio ritual, we explore the eight seasons of the Witch's Wheel of the Year, and we discover how it is so much more than eight Sabbaths. We weirding witches time travel through holy days, festivals, and celestial events connecting our celebrations and magic to the past, present, and future. Our cackling fills the night as we take our turn gathering the wool, wielding the distaff, and spinning the wheel. Welcome back, heathens, to spinning the wheel podcast with me your horse host your horse host megan angus uh in case you uh are hearing something yes i am very congested my voice is not at a hundred percent level i've been super duper sick the last couple of weeks maybe it was covid i tested several times and it all came back negative but you know how it goes um so I have been recuperating. That's why we did not have a podcast last week. Apologies. And this week's podcast is going to be very, very short for two reasons. One, I don't want to strain my voice too much. Uh, and two, because the reason why I don't want to strain my voice too much is because we have uh, another Wheel of the Year class coming up. And much of what I would be talking about in this week's podcast we're going to be discussing in this class. So let me uh, talk about that first for just a second. Um, our upcoming class is Ostara, Spring Equinox. We've made it. We've made it. We are finally here in the last days and the last hours of winter and spring 2023 is right around the corner. Um, and so our holy days and a, a lot of that type of stuff we're going to be talking about in the class. The class is going to be a live stream on my YouTube channel. Uh, this is free for all beings to attend. If you have a YouTube account, you can join us in chat and heckle me or ask questions or, you know, put questionable emojis, what have you. Um, and uh, again, this is free for everybody. Thanks to the incredible support from my patrons, um, which is pretty pretty goddamn cool. Um, so yeah, going to keep it short this week. What we are going to talk about is just the astrology of this week because, as I said two weeks ago, what is time? Thinking back now, <laughs> side note, tangent. <laughs> Here we go. We're only two minutes in, already a tangent. Um I was listening to the last podcast that I did and I was like, what is time? I realize now I was already starting to get sick then <laughs> and I didn't realize it. And that was part of why I was so damn out of it. <laughs> but, um, but anyways, uh, the upcoming class is Wednesday, March 15th, 7 PM Pacific standard time, 10 PM Eastern later in the day slash the next day for everybody else around the planet, as we like to say here on the podcast, uh, on my YouTube channel, just search Megan Angus Ostara. Um, and hopefully it comes up. <laughs> hopefully the algorithms are, are with me. Um, okay. But as I was saying, as I was saying, uh, in the podcast a couple of weeks ago, we are in bonkers astrology Ville right now. Um, you know, January was relatively well-behaved. 
February was relatively well behaved when it came to the astrology. And now we have entered Mars, or excuse me, now we have entered March, Mars, same thing, right? We learned that, uh, same thing. Um, now we've entered March and it's batshit crazy. It's just, it's off the rails, um, bonkers, buck wild, as, as somebody somewhere would say. Um, and I just wanted to come and touch base on the astrology that we have this week. Uh, today, Tuesday the 14th, we have already had um, or are in the midst of having one of the not-so-fun transits. But we've got plenty more not-so-fun transits this week. Um, so let us first start... Is there anything else I need to say before we start with the starting? Uh, this is Imbolc slash Ostara season, lunar week, question mark, <laughs> waning moon in Sagittarius. Um, we have been moving through Imbolc season. We have been resting. We have been dreaming. We've been drifting. Um, uh, and we have been hopefully doing some recalibration. Hopefully we've been doing some assessing. Hopefully we've been doing some wishing and, you know, some asking. Um, and, uh, you know, our astrology over the last few months has just been really cool, in my opinion. Difficult in some ways, nice and supportive in some ways, um, in getting us in alignment to this moment where we are approaching spring equinox. And um, next week, uh, we're going to have the sun move into Aries, which is also, you know, basically in alignment with uh, the spring equinox, which is the moment of equal night and equal day. And then the very next day, we have a new moon. And that's the last of those uh, synchronous moments that we're going to have for the next while. I don't know, next year or so. Um, our next new moon in April is going to come right before the sun changes signs. So uh, this cycle that we have been in is about to come to an end, but it's sort of delivering us at the door of spring equinox. And I just I think it's very lovely. But, you know, no roller coaster ride is fun without a few scary parts, right? So here we go. <laughs> here we go for the for the parts that are a little bumpy. Um, hope I see you in class tomorrow, um, uh, or, you know, whenever you decide to join us, because I will upload the class that it'll be on YouTube. Um, and then once I can download it from YouTube, it will, I'll, I'll upload it here, wherever it is that you listen to or watch podcasts. Um, okay. So as I said, uh, in Boko Star season, waning moon in Sagittarius, lunar week, who knows what, <laughs> Um, and our mutable sign moons have been overseeing this last month of winter, helping us shift out of the shapes that we have been in during winter and helping us, uh, you know, undo uh, whatever it is that we've been doing in winter and get ready for um, whatever it is that we're about to do in spring. You still have a week and we are in a waning moon. Um, and so... Uh, you still have a whole week to go of this energy if there's still some wintertime work 
that you need to get done, some magic, some meditation, some journaling work around the issues of winter time and in bulk season. You still have a whole seven days to work on that stuff before the sun switches up the pattern and, and moves on to the next thing. So get yourself in alignment in whatever ways feel right for you. Okay, so this week we are starting with this waning moon in Sagittarius. And we've talked about uh, what the what we're doing with our half moons. The moon and sun are square to each other. So this is a point of friction and adjustment. And when it comes to um, the waning half, it's about looking back over the process and thinking to ourselves, okay, cool. Um, what worked and what didn't work? What needs to go? Um, and when it's, you know, what didn't work, that's a pretty straightforward conversation. This didn't work. Let me let it go and make some room for something new and we'll try that. But also sometimes the waning square moon, excuse me, the waning half moon is asking us to look at things that did work that maybe if we let them go, we can make room for something that might work even better or might just be altogether different to help us grow in a different direction or experiment in a different direction. And spring is absolutely a time of experimentation. I don't want to talk too much about the vibes and energies of spring because we're going to talk about it tomorrow in the class. But um, but these mutable signs that have overseen our moons for the last month are really here to help us adapt and let go, to shape shift, um, to assess, to appraise, to adjust, um, to allow new information in that helps us change the plan, and also to let go of old information where it's time to let a thing sort of run its course and, and you know, ultimately run out. Um, and when we're dealing with this waning half moon in Sagittarius, it's about our beliefs. Sagittarius, you know, in the best of circumstances is enlightened and inspiring. Um, in the best of circumstances, Sagittarius is um, the place where we learn how to carry our spark in the world in a way that is going to uh, inflame other people. And the thing is, we can do that in a lot of different ways. And in the best of ways, you know, you are a, a community leader, um, or maybe it's not a, a public role, but it's something that your friends and family know that you're the person that's going to come in and inspire. Um, you're the person that's going to come in and get people fired up. But, but when Sagittarius is not acting right, um, when Sagittarius energy is weird, it's dogmatic and it's fanatical. And so it's also, you know, the pastor that comes in and tells their parishioners that queer people are sinners, right? Or an aberration in the eyes of God. Um, and so this energy can be used and utilized in a lot of different ways. And in the waning half moon of Sagittarius, our work is to look at our own dogma and our own deeply held beliefs that we just think are sort of unassailable truths about ourselves or unassailable truths about the world and try to think about a world where our truths wouldn't matter as a means of putting ourselves in the feet of those people who are trying to live their truth and they are being dismissed by society. 
Um, you know, imagine the, the example that Raven Caldera gives is imagine that you are a monogamous person and you live in a world where monogamy is the aberration, where everybody is polyamorous. Um, you know, how would you feel, right? Like, what would it be to live in a world like that? Um, and, and what if somebody came to you and said, no, that's not true. You're making that up. No one is monogamous. That's not a thing. Um, you know, and this is, this is a, a fact that trans people face every day, that queer people face every day, that people of color also face every single day where people say to them, there's no such thing as systemic racism. Um, and, you know, I'm assuming that if you're one of my listeners <laughs> on a regular basis, you probably fall on the more leftist side, the more accepting, the more open-minded side of this, um, the more, you know, humanistic uh, soul celebration, right, side of this. We're like, nah, we're witches, we're pagans, we're heathens, we're, we're celebrating diversity, right? So it's difficult for us. But you have hard-held beliefs, too. And this is a moon that just gives you an opportunity to question those things or really think about them and think what it would be like to live in a world where you were told day in and day out, your, your way of life, your way of looking at things is wrong. It's aberrant. It's disgusting. Um, and yet it's totally your truth and it's authentically your truth. That's the work that this moon is asking from us. And, uh, and I think that that um, can be, that can be really difficult to question ourselves in that way um, because it, it can feel really threatening sometimes to question ourselves in that way. Um, but I think it's really important, um, not only from the perspective of, oh, let me build some sympathy or some empathy for people who are, you know, uh, uh, outcast in that way every day in, in our society, but also do I need to check some of my hard held beliefs about things? Do I need to kind of like question myself a little bit around this and see if I'm, if I need to maybe evolve past some of these things that I absolutely know for certain are the truth, right? Dogma, fanaticism. That's the funky side of Sagittarius. Okay. Um, that's all I'm going to say about it. I'm not going to talk about the aspects of this moon or anything like that because, again, i got to save my voice. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, but we'll get at it. We'll get at it. Next week's podcast will be great, I swear. <laughs> um, okay, so for our lunar body work, we are resting, relaxing, nourishing, supporting, or otherwise restoring the lower back, the sciatic nerve family, and the thighs. These are the parts of the body ruled by Sagittarius. As I say every single week, I am not a doctor of the human corpus. I am a doctor of, I don't know, whatever's bubbling up from the bottom of the cauldron right now. That seems to be the thing that I'm in charge of. <laughs> so check in with your trusted uh, human health advisor <laughs> to see if any of this information is appropriate for you to work with. And also, as I say every week, um, you can always think about the, where is the metaphor in that? Um, you know, is there something getting on your nerves, right? Um, is there something that you're carrying on your back that maybe needs to be questioned and examined and potentially put down? Uh, and then for our plant body work, we are doing harvesting, 
pest control, disease control, plowing, weeding, pruning for below ground growth. And because we are approaching spring, I'm going to put extra emphasis on pest control and disease control because we are in the midst of big temperature and humidity changes. So you may have had, um, you know, some insects or some pests that were dormant on your plants that now that we're getting some more sun and some more heat are suddenly coming to life. Check your house plants for that. Um, but also uh, doing any kind of weeding or plowing, quote unquote, so aerating the soil or um, or anything along those lines to prepare the soil for uh, whatever it is that we might be growing coming this spring. And again, you can work with the metaphor here too, right? It doesn't have to be literal plants that we're working with. Okay, so what else is going on on Tuesday the 14th? Well, we have... Mars in Gemini square Neptune in Pisces at 25 degrees. And how does this play out? It's exhausting. It's demoralizing. Um, the vibes are funky. The vibes are, are definitely not immaculate. Um, but, but quite gnarly instead, uh, Mars, you know, wants to fight about it, wants to argue about it, wants to get offensive and defensive um, wants to have a reason to blow up, wants to get irritated. Uh, Mars is impatient and, um, you know, wants to rush through the thing and rush to, you know, uh, jumping to conclusions and things like that. And Neptune is foggy and nebulous and vague and can be deceptive, um, sometimes on purpose and sometimes just cause it's so confused, it doesn't know what it's saying. Um, Neptune wants to get lost in the fantasy. It wants to drift forever. And so these two planets really are fairly opposite from each other. Mars is go, go, go. And I'm super mad about it. Neptune is like, you know, I'll be a victim. No problem. Um, but also I'm going to get lost in the fog for the next three days. So the combination of these two can feel, as I said, demoralizing, exhausting. Um, you know, you might have body stuff come up. Um, when we are having funky Pisces transits and funky Neptune transits, we can uh, disassociate from the body and forget the body's needs. So drink some water. Drink some water with me right now. Ah, isn't that lovely? Drink some water, have a snack. Take it easy. Go slow. When we're having funky Mars transits, I'm always going to encourage you, slow down. Look at where you're going. Slow down in traffic. Um, watch your step. Make sure your shoes are tied. You know, all of that kind of stuff. Um, not a great day for signing contracts. Uh, not a great day to ask for favors or to be giving favors to other people because things are too nebulous and they're too weird and Mars is very ego oriented. Um, and just, you know, uh, I know a lot of astrologers in their advice for this week has been, if you don't have to do it this week, put it off till next week. But, and I would agree with that. If you don't have to do it this week, put it off till next week. That's great advice, especially because we're about to have the sun move into Aries and then a new moon right after that. So we're about to have a, a really beautiful kickstart to the new cycle. Um, but that's not how life works for everybody all the time. 
and and there are assuredly going to be some things that you cannot put off until next week, like me doing this podcast and me teaching this class tomorrow. Um, you know, there's stuff that it's got to get done when it's got to get done, right? That's just the way it is. So wherever you can slow down, take a breath, drink some water, drink a little bit more water, <laughs> moisturize, um, you know, if you need to like step out and have a good cry about it, if you need to, you know, go yell at a tree for a minute or whatever, like, you know, you know how to take care of yourself when you're feeling like having a tantrum, you know how to take care of yourself when you're feeling like you might be having a breakdown. Um, everybody's going to be feeling tender uh, and on edge this whole week with our various astro transits and, and we don't need astrology really because the state of the world is pretty wild right now. And there's a lot of bullshit going on. Um, so again, take some deep breaths, slow down, take your time. Um, tell people that you love them, hear people when they say it to you and just do what you need to do to take care of yourself. And, you know, there's a couple of other transits that I'm going to say this for, but I'm just going to kind of say this for the whole week. If, if you're in a place, if you're in public somewhere and something feels off, leave, walk away. If you, you know, somebody cuts you off in traffic, let them. Um, this is one of those types of weeks where people can pop off, uh, and, and things can escalate very rapidly. Um, and there's no reason at all to put yourself in the, in the, um, line of danger. Um, <laughs> you know, it's already pretty wild out here. Uh, so that's what's up. And that's pretty much everything for Tuesday, the 14th. So then we're going to move on to Wednesday, the 15th. The moon is moving into Capricorn. I'm not going to talk about that. Uh, our other astro transit for this day is the sun in Pisces conjunct Neptune at 25 degrees. So yes, is the sun square to Mars? It is. It'll be exact on the 16th. We'll talk about that in just a second. Um, but if the bummer vibes weren't coming through on Tuesday, the 14th, they're definitely going to start to come through on Wednesday, the 15th. Um, uh, the, the sun conjunct Neptune is even more confusing, more nebulous. Um, Pisces and Neptune both can have victimhood. They can have martyrdom threaded through their stuff. There's, you know, the uh, oppression of, of the outcast kind of vibes here. Um, and again, there's this nebulousness and there's this uh, confusion and vagueness and fogginess that comes with uh, Neptune. You know, if we were having other, a multitude of other positive transits, I would have more positive things to say about Sun conjunct Neptune. It's not all bad. Uh, it doesn't only represent negative experiences. The Sun conjunct Neptune can be very dreamy, extremely romantic, um, very, very spiritual. It can be. Uh, but with these other transits hanging around, again, bringing the vibes way, way down, um, what could be romantic might actually feel very melancholic and, and just like, meh, I'm alone. Meh, I'm sad. 
meh, I wish I had this kind of love or that kind of relationship, or I wish this was different in my relationship, et cetera, et cetera. It might come through like that. Um, what could be fantastical and imaginative might just be escapist uh, behaviors and escapist daydreaming. And again, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm never one to say don't daydream. I'm always one that's like, Hey, you need a little mental vacation. That's totally fine. But in this week, it's, it's not so fine. It's not so great. So, and another element that can come through with that vagueness and, and confusion stuff is paranoia. Also with Mars being in the mix in a, a gnarly way, paranoia. Um, so again, not to sound paranoid, but if the vibes feel off, walk away, leave the gig, leave the show, buy your groceries and walk away. Whatever needs to happen, stay safe. Okay. Uh, so that's Wednesday the 15th. Then we move into Thursday the 16th. And we have multiple transits on one day. It's a lot. Um, my notes are literally, good lord, a lot. <laughs> uh, we have, at 10 o'clock in the morning, Mercury and Pisces conjunct Neptune at 25 degrees. At 11 o'clock a.m., we have the Sun in Pisces square Mars and Gemini at 25 degrees. At 12.58 p.m., we have Venus in Aries square Pluto in Capricorn at 29 degrees. Uh, just a couple of hours later at 3.30, Venus scooches into Taurus. And then at 9.48 p.m. at night, we have Mercury in Pisces square Mars in Gemini at 26 degrees. You know what? <laughs> when I saw this, I like literally looked at the sky and I was like, you know what? You need to dial it back. It's like, it's a lot. It's actually a lot. <laughs> and you need to calm down. Um, what is the cumulative effect of this? It's, uh, it's confusing. It's overwhelming. Um, it's, you know, everything feels like it's moving too fast with all of that Mars energy in there, right? I was saying Mars is super impatient and wants to like, just hurry up and get, get through the thing. Um, you know, so even more so what I was talking about on the 14th and the 15th with, you know, slowing down in traffic, slow down and look where you're walking, make sure your shoes are tied, uh, make sure that you're being as safe as you can with those types of things like your physical activity, um, even more so on this day. This is just like one funky transit after another, after another, after another. Sucks that we're having them all on the same day kind of great because like cool let me get all of this out of the way <laughs> let me just get this done as fast as possible um but then in the midst of all of that stuff venus square pluto bummer vibes big time um as much as you know the sun conjunct neptune and mars square neptune can really bring us down in a spiritual way and there should be that romantic element but it might be feeling really melancholy Venus square Pluto ramps that up by a hundredfold or at least 10 times. Maybe I'm exaggerating a little there, but you know, if you are feeling lonely, if you are feeling depressed, if you are feeling those bummer vibes, it might really feel magnified on this day. And so this is a fantastic day for making sure that you've got an appointment with your therapist, um, you know, or your person that you talk to reach out to friends and loved ones 
if you are feeling lonely, if you are feeling like you need emotional support, it don't dump on people. Um, but use your guides and use your resources. This is a day for those resources. This is the kind of day that those resources are for. Um, and, and reach out and ask for help. Reach out and say, I don't feel good and I need to be around some people. Can we watch a movie together tonight? Something, right? Um, you know, let your people know that you need that support and let them support you too. Both, both things. Um, these types of transits for some of us will manifest as really alienating ourselves and kind of wallowing in our in our bummer vibes um in our depression our sadness or however that's manifesting for us and and we know that there are people that are out there that could help us and we won't ask for the help to magnify the funkiness um and that's the inclination here <laughs> if you can feel it or hear it but my voice is really starting to go so we're gonna go go through this quickly but what i would say is stay away from substances this is not a good day for substance use. Um, if you can put it off until next week, do whatever it is. Um, lean on your people, use your support systems, um, take care of yourself. You might even like go grocery shopping a day early and make sure that you've got the resources in your house so that you can just stay home, watch some old reruns, have a frozen pizza for dinner and just keep it very chill you know, where you're, where you're onesie around the house, take a nice bath and just keep it nice and chill. Um, and with all those Mars transits, watch your words with all of the Neptune transits and things being very confusing and vague, watch your words. Um, if it doesn't have to be said, don't say it. Uh, you know, somebody is popping off and saying some stupid shit check with yourself first and ask, do I need to be the person that corrects this situation right now in this moment? Does it have to happen right now? And does it have to be me? The answer might be yes. The answer might be yes. But if the answer can be no, this is a good time for the answer to be no. Okay. The only other thing that I want to say, I kind of want to bring it back around to um, pointing out that um, right after Venus has its um, not-so-great encounter with Pluto, it does move into Taurus. Um, and Venus is exceptionally happy to be in Taurus. That's one of its home signs. So Venus is feeling very, very empowered. Um, now, I want to talk about this two different ways, because generally speaking, that's a good transit. In this moment with all of the other funky transits that are happening at the same time, um, Venus might lean into some of its less uh, healthy behaviors. So when Venus is not acting right, we might be eating foods that are super unhealthy for us. We might be spending money that we can't afford to spend. Um, we might be wanting to go from opulence into indulgence, basically, as a means of coping, as a means of mediating what feels bad because Venus is like, I want it to feel good all the time. I want it to taste good all the time, smell good all the time. And I don't care what has to happen for it to be nice. God damn it. 
Um, and so in the midst of all of this gnarly BS that's going on in the sky, Venus might be, I don't care. We're spending $150 on takeout because I'm, I'm, you know, and we can't actually afford that. So wherever you can indulge as a means of kind of, you know, dealing with this a little bit, do so. But again, watch out for substance use and you know what that means for you. Um, and just be aware, just be present with yourself and, and recognize you know, in this moment, am I doing something to alleviate the pain or alleviate the discomfort that's actually going to make life even harder a couple of days from now or weeks from now or months from now? Um, and can I just sit here and take care of myself in a way that's, you know, boring and maybe isn't my favorite way, but is still effective? That ultimately Venus in Taurus is lovely. Um, and we're going to have some good times with Venus hanging out in Taurus coming up soon, just on this particular day. Not so great. Okay. Um, that's everything I want to say about the 16th. I think that's more than enough to say about the 16th. So that brings us to Friday, March 17th. And we have a couple of interesting transits on this day too. Uh, first off, the moon moves into Aquarius. We'll talk about what that means in just a second. Um, and then we have uh, Mercury conjunct the sun in Pisces at 26 degrees. Generally speaking, from a neutral standpoint, Mercury conjunct the sun is a great day for um, brainstorming. It's a great day for communication, uh, for pulling in information, for sending out information. So having important conversations with people, um, learning about things, uh, documenting stuff, all of that but we're still under the black cloud. We're still under the auspices of these other not so exciting transits in the background. So just be aware um, that, you know, there might be a t like bummer vibes throughout, even though that should be kind of a neutral or even a positive and useful transit. Um, but, uh, but it can be helpful. And then the other transit that we're having on this same day is Venus in Taurus, right? It's just stepped into Taurus. And the very first th thing, thing that happens, sextile to Saturn, who has also just stepped into uh, Pisces at one degree. So Venus in Taurus, sextile uh, Saturn in Pisces at one degree. Now, generally speaking, Venus and Saturn, Venus doesn't want to hang out with Saturn. <laughs> Saturn's like, hey, what if I said no to everything, right? <laughs> and, and Venus is like, man, screw you, <laughs> like, get away from me. Um, but this is actually a helpful transit in the face of all of the other funky BS going on in this week. And what it might help with is coming out of the fog uh, a little bit and being able to constructively talk to yourself or talk to other people, especially also with that Mercury transit earlier in the day, uh, be able to actually communicate what you've been experiencing emotionally and psychologically earlier in the week. Um, and or because of all those Mars transits that's that are all up in the mix, we might have been too offended or too defensive uh, to be able to articulate what's happening for us. Now we're calming down a little bit and Saturn is like, Hey, I can have a constructive conversation around this. Um, are my feelings still here? Yes. 
Um, am I maybe still love fired up about some things? Sure, possibly. Um, but Saturn is like, I can also have a constructive conversation about this and maybe we can make sense of some of these things. We can talk through some of the confusion. I didn't understand what you meant earlier and my feelings got hurt. All of those types of conversations could be taking place for us uh, on, on uh, Friday the 17th. Um, and, but it, it's still, it's not a super strong transit in the face of all this other stuff. So it's helpful, but it's not going to wipe out everything else. It's definitely not as strong as, as those other transits. Okay. That brings us to Saturday the 18th, where we have our balsamic moon in Aquarius at 12 degrees. And the balsamic moon in Aquarius, this is officially our last lunar phase of winter. Once we have this, we are fully in the pre-funk for the new moon. And two days later, we're going to have the sun step into Aries. And then a day later, we're going to have the new moon in Aries. So this is the, this marks the literal final, you know, 72 hours or so of winter and this um, winter lunar cycle. Again, it's it's really beautiful. It's kind of a bummer that it's culminating in in such a weird way. Um, but hey, life on Earth in 2023, right? It's, that's kind of what's up. Um, so what are we doing with a balsamic moon? The balsamic moon is the last lunar phase of the lunar cycle before we have a new moon. The moon is waning. It's very small at this point. And I love that it's called the balsamic moon because it makes me think of vinegar and it makes me think about distillation. And that's exactly what we have the chance to do with this moon is to distill down all of the experiences that we've had in this lunar cycle. But I think we could distill down our in bulk season experiences and we could even distill down our winter experiences in this last lunar phase and really think about what have we experienced? What have we learned? What have we gained? What have we lost? And what is the, the you know, distillation of that stuff? Uh, what is the gem? You know, what's the philosopher's stone that we've sort of been able to cook out of all of those things um, and, and concentrate all of those things down into this very potent stuff? Um, you know, the idea of distillation, the idea of vinegar, right? It's bitter, um, but it's really good for you. It's absolutely a substance that we need for our digestive process and for our health. Um, you know, vinegar is one of the ama most amazing cleaners, right? And it can remove oils and fats <laughs> in a way that a lot of other cleaners can't. Um, so there's something really potent, really powerful about vinegar and, um, that process distilled. And where does the vinegar come from? It comes from the fruit that ripened, that grew on the vine, that was once a bud, that was once just a little sprout at the last new moon. So this is the culminating of all of those efforts. You're journaling, you're thinking, you're processing. Um, and the balsamic moon oftentimes is very focused on the future. There's actually a deep pull on a lot of our balsamic moons for the next thing. And sometimes we can name it and sometimes we can't. 
Um, but when we have the balsamic moon in Aquarius, it's even more future oriented. It's even more focused on, you know, what could we be doing? Um, and so this is a beautiful moon for looking to the future and thinking about what could be. And again, what perfect timing as we head into spring um, and, and head into whatever it is that's in front of us in this next solar cycle. Um, you might read some science fiction, um, but I would, uh, as Raven Caldera suggests, stay away from apocalyptic visions of the future, whether it's movies or it's books or, or graphic novels or, or, you know, whatever it is, stay away from futurists that think everything's going to shit, uh, and work with futurists that think everything's going to shit, but there's hope. <laughs> um, it could get better. Here's what we might do about those things. Um, those would be the, the, the places where I would go with this. Um, when we are working with our waning moon in Aquarius, for our lunar body work, we are resting, relaxing, supporting, nourishing, or otherwise restoring the legs, especially the knees and ankles. These are the parts of the body ruled by Aquarius. And for our plant body work, we are same as Sagittarius, harvesting, pest control, disease control, plowing, weeding um, for below ground growth. Okay, what else is happening on this day? We have Mercury in Pisces, sextile Pluto in Capricorn at 29 degrees. This is Mercury's um, last comment with Pluto. Um, this is going to add to uh, the helpful transits from the day before. This further enhances effective communication. Um, this further enhances clearer thinking um, and opportunities to talk about things that are deep, that are intense, but in a measured way, in a more positive way, or at least a more neutral way. Um, and so again, those places where we might have had confusion or we might have had sorrow earlier in the week, we're now able to put some words to that, convey those things to other people, or even be able to talk to ourselves about what it was that we were experiencing from, like I said, at least a, a, a more neutral space, if not a more positive space. And then an hour later, literally an hour later, uh, Mercury is going to go boop right into Aries. And um, this is better. Mercury is going to step out of Pisces. Remember I was saying a couple of weeks ago, Mercury moving through Pisces is kind of has some elements of a Mercury retrograde because it's so nebulous and, and vague. Mercury in Aries is much more determined. It's driven. It's like, let's talk about it. Let's think about it. Let's go to the new piece of information. Let's go to the new idea. Let's do this. Um, let's make friends. Let's talk about it. Let's, let's make stuff happen. So Mercury feels more empowered as it's moving through Aries. Sunday the 19th, the moon moves into Pisces. And that's pretty much the only thing on Sunday the 19th. So that brings us to Monday the 20th. And on Monday the 20th, we have um, three big uh, transits. Bigger transits anyways. Uh, first off, early in the morning, 
we have Venus and Taurus conjunct the North Node at four degrees. And we've already talked about Venus being in Taurus is like, hell yes, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. Let's fucking do this. And conjunct the North Node really brings in a zeal for life and vitality. Um, uh, sensual delights are absolutely at the forefront of our concerns. Let's feel good. Let's taste good. Let's smell good. Let's look good. All of that stuff. As I said for earlier in the week, with all of the, you know, lingering funky vibes, they are, you know, further off by this point, but still, we may have a tendency to want to overdo it, overindulge in one way or another, because that's Venus's coping mechanism. So just watch yourself on that. It's like, I feel great. Like, don't go ham just yet. <laughs> Save the ham for Easter, um, which we will talk about in the Astara class. <laughs> But, um, you know, watch your desires, make sure that you are still in control of yourself. Um, but generally speaking, this does feel better. Um, it feels richer. It feels more opulent. It feels more luscious and, and yummy. Uh, and so I would definitely recommend dress cute on this day, put on one of your, if you wear perfume or cologne or essential oils, absolutely indulge and, and put some of that on, um, buy flowers for yourself on this day and bring them in the house, all of that, like enjoy that, you know, look at art on this day, all of that kind of stuff. Very, very healing. Um, later in the day, we have the sun in Pisces sextile Pluto in Capricorn at 29 degrees. And after all of that stuff happening earlier in the week, this actually feels quite empowering. Um, and there's an opportunity now if damage was done earlier last week or this week, you know what I'm saying? Um, if there's been some damage done, if there was some nasty arguments, um, this is a great day for repair. And again, because, because it's Pluto, we can have some pretty deep conversations. We can go to some places that feel emotionally vulnerable or, you know, psychologically tense, and it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to immediately erupt into something nasty. It's kind of a like, hey, we're both willing to go to this place. That's kind of a hot moment, but we're both here for it. Um, so very lovely, very helping, helpful. And then at 2.24 p.m. Pacific Standard Time later in the day, slash the next day for everybody else around the planet, the sun moves into Aries. This is officially spring equinox, Ostara, the vernal equinox, the start of the new solar year. And the sun is exalted in Aries. So the sun is very empowered in this sign. And it really, this whole week kind of has a almost like walking through the valley of the shadow, you know, moment, and then coming out the other end into the light. Um, and, and as I'm saying this, I'm thinking about Orpheus, right? I'm thinking about, um, uh, I'm thinking about, you know, those last steps that we take as we are walking out of the underworld. Um, 
and how those last moments before we come back into the light can sometimes be some of the scariest places because it's like, shouldn't I be there by now? What if something happens and it keeps me from breaking through to, to the light? Um, but we just have to keep walking and just looking forward and doing the thing. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe Eurydice will follow us out this time, but, um, maybe not. Uh, but either way, um, the sun heading into Aries can feel very empowering, very enlightening, very invigorating, um, fortifying, strengthening, um, we may literally feel like we have like a B12 shot in the arm of vitality and hope and energy and drive. Um, you know, and it might not manifest exactly like that for you, but that's generally speaking, kind of the vibe of, of the sun in Aries, things begin to pick up, um, and the energy begins to raise and our strength begins to come back and our eyes get bright and, and wide. And, you know, it's like, here comes the sun here we go. Um, then the very next day, we're not going to talk about it now, but the very next day, uh, Tuesday, the 21st will be our new moon in Aries at zero degrees. So, um, that's going to be our last sun moon moment. Um, so we're going to talk about this a lot more in the Ostara class, but use this week to, get, get your winter work done and to wrap up this stuff as much as you can. Um, use this week to, um, distill down everything that you have learned over this last season, this last lunar process over in bulk season, over winter season. Um, use this last week to wrap up and let go and burn off um, whatever is left of your winter work and clear out the garden because spring is just about here and we want to make a beautiful place for that spring energy to come and land. All right, my friends, that is everything. Um, thanks for putting up with my super horse voice. So sorry. Hopefully it's a little bit better tomorrow, but I might be sucking on cough drops the entire time. And the class tomorrow might be a little bit shorter than usual also, just so that I know that I can actually talk the entire time. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> um, uh, uh, what, what am I going to say here? Oh yeah. Um, last week, one of the things that I did for patrons was that I, I, I wasn't able to put up um, an actual podcast last week for you all but I did include my notes from last week for patrons. And so that's one of the benefits that patrons get is, you know, if I'm not able to produce something for the public, it's still probably getting produced for patrons, um, you know, behind, behind the scenes. Um, and so we put up sort of the charts for the moons, the charts for Saturn's ingress into Pisces, um, you know, some notes on the major themes of Saturn stepping into Pisces um, and, and more and more. The Holy Days, I put in a bunch of links as well to uh, various websites that I use to research the holidays. Um, just about every holiday that I listed for last week had uh, a link to a website for more information as well as links for the fixed stars. So if that is something that is of interest to you and you love this podcast and you want to support it, join my Patreon. Um, patronage starts at a buck. 
and uh, and goes up from there. Um, all right, that's it. That's the whole pitch. And um, thanks for listening. And uh, I'll see you tomorrow in class, which, <laughs> blessed be. <laughs>